welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. The one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, well, welcome everybody to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. Very excited to have back on the program, Mr. Steve Lucas. How are you? I'm I'm great, actually, and I can't thank you enough for having me back on, especially uh, given it's been a year, it's been way too long, and uh, a lot has transpired, but um, thrilled to be on with you. Well, you are a busy man, so thank you for carving out some time, uh, you know, today to get caught up. I always love seeing you at the conferences. I actually feel like we have our best conversations when it's you and I, uh, quote, alone like this and a chance to catch up. But what a year it's been for you. Um, you know, Steve, I just want to also say thanks for the ARCOM invitation. If you, any of you don't know what ARCOM stands for, probably most don't, it's their revenue kickoff meeting. So Steve and the leadership team does something that's pretty unique. Instead of just inviting their sales team and their marketing team and some of the folks around the organization, they extend invitations to all of their partners. And so we get to sit in their war room and hear about their highlights and look backs from the year past. And then the bulk of the time is really spent on their game plan and what they're doing for 2018. So, I mean, what a great way to share, uh, which is awesome, and also just give us all an opportunity to amplify what you guys are doing. However, you stuck a big NDA in front of us, and so I couldn't share a lot of details, <laughs> even though I wanted to. So having you here today, we can dive into that. But thanks, thanks for having us there for that. It was, it was awesome. I'm as fired up as I was a year ago uh, this year about the year ahead. And you guys crushed it. I mean, not, not, I'll let you share the numbers, but you guys crushed it. And Steve, you know, being a CEO myself, it was your first year as the CEO of Marketo. But it was also your first year as a CEO, and you guys crushed it um, under your leadership, but also with tremendous change taking place in the company. And, you know, there was a lot of naysayers that when, you know, Vista acquired the company and changed out the leadership team and a lot of the guard was changing in new roles like, uh-oh, you normally see doom and gloom for a lot of companies when that happens. It was just the opposite for you guys. So kudos on that. I'll let you share some of the highlights, but wow, what, what a great sure. year. Well, first of all, uh, we were thrilled to have you and your, your entire organization and the entire Demand Gen team. You guys are an amazing partner, and you in particular, David, I think you've you know, been one of those you know, stalwart thought leaders in our community. And uh, you know, when I look at that, I, you know, I don't know how you can call a company a partner, but be unwilling to invite the, the, the very companies that make your business grow and happen how you would be unwilling to invite them into your inner sanctum, number one. Number two, we live in a world where there's things like, you know, LinkedIn and Twitter and uh, Periscope. And so it's not exactly like you have a secret meeting when there's 800 or 1,000 people there. I just, I don't see the, you know, the value in excluding partners from information they need to know about. It doesn't, in, in my mind, I think of whether we an employee an account executive at Marketo or a customer success manager at Marketo, there's no difference in my mind between that person and an account executive or a customer success manager or a service engagement manager at one of our partners. We are all part of one team, one sales force. And, um, and the reality is we should be focused on working together to make our customers incredibly successful. And there's one easy way to do that, which is that you guys know everything we know, no secrets. And 
one of the the three values we 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 kind of recast the values of the company when I got here, and we have three core values. Uh, the first is customer obsession. That's number one. We are customer obsessed. The second is that we are radically transparent. And the third is that we are boldly accountable. And you may say, well, why don't you have things like, you know, state one team and collaborate and, you know, inspire? My perspective is, you know, that that's just part of your DNA. It's kind of like the don't eat yellow snow statement. You just you do those things. Yep. The reality is that what we, we have a call to action, which is be radically transparent. How can we live up to that value if we're hiding things from our partners? So we're not going to do that, and we'll continue to uh, have that practice. So that's one. And then two is, yeah, we had an incredible year, and that is um, it was a record year for the company. We had aspirations, and not that we want to talk about, you know, how great Marketo is, uh, because the reality is we're not great. Uh, our customers are great, our partners are great, and that in turn, uh, you know, forces us and pushes us to be great. But we did have an aspiration to get about $300 million in revenue, which was a huge you know, kind of lean-in growth rate, and we d- did over $320 million wow. in revenue last year. Um, that was up from the mid-200s the year prior. Um, we had a record year in our bookings growth, our new bookings, um, we closed more enterprise transactions in the company's history um, last year uh, than in the entirety of the company's existence prior to that. Um, so basically the previous 10 years. Um, and it was interesting because while we continue to support our mid-market customers and will do so, we're fully committed to mid-market. Uh, the reality is with the release of our new technologies, Orion, uh, which is our, our infrastructure we now just call next-gen platform, and then our next-gen user experience and user interface, which is already out in the wild in our beta program and will be generally available um, for uh, for the beta in April. That has profoundly transformed the types of companies that are adopting Marketo. When I walked in the door in October of 2016, so about a, not quite, but approaching a year and a half ago, um, about 34% of the company's revenue and, and bookings came from what you'd consider a an enterprise company, let's say 1,500 employees and larger. We closed out 2017 with over 65% of new bookings coming from enterprise. Wow, that is and a so huge that, change. Yeah, it is. It's a massive change in a year, and we're really excited about it. And, you know, the thing is, you know, I think people equate, you know, to some degree, and, and I think um, inaccurately so, you know, going private or a private equity company with, oh, they're, you know, Innovation's going to go away, la, la, la. It's the furthest thing from the truth. I, got, I had two instructions, two, from the, uh, the founder who I consider to be a genius of Vista Equity Partners, which, by the way, they only focus on software. Right. So they're very, very good at helping great, uh, you know, good software companies become great and great software companies become world class. He gave me two instructions. He said, invest in the company and grow fast. That was it, Literally. <laughs> That was it. Well, no recipe and there, but a good, that. but a good mission. Uh, I let Martin know. Yeah. You know, Martin makes himself pretty accessible, and I let him know that. Hey, guess what? We have three uh, similar things in the portfolio: Cvent, Infoblox, and Marketo. All you know, either partners and clients that I've worked with. But I'm, you know, yeah, you make it sound simple, Steve. You're too humble because you guys have transformed from where the company started, which was really in SMB, and have gone upscale to enterprise. And as you know, we work with some of your largest enterprise clients. Yep. And, um, That's right. Yeah. Wow. 
kudos on all that growth. Yeah. That's that's incredible. What have you What have you learned? Because um, you're on the road all the time. I, I know you're on the road right now. Mm-hmm. You're on the road all the time, and you're a great uh, advocate for clients. And you are always uh, tuned into their frequency. What have you heard over the past year? What are some key takeaways from the the conversations you've had with your clients? Well, uh, you know what I continue to be reminded of is that our clients have the best ideas and that's where they come from. And I think there's too many companies in this world that lock themselves in a room, come up with what they think is a really good idea and then, you know, thrust it upon their customers and spend the rest of the year selling the idea versus listening and understanding what the real challenges are for marketers in terms of engaging with their customers, both in a B2B and even a B2C context. And, it was interesting. We held um, a CMO summit, uh, you know, last year. Um, you know, just listening, and uh, you know, the, the the discipline or the the kind of practice of listening is a, it's a tough discipline. People, you know, don't I think listen effectively, and that's one of our our three. You know, we kind of had this mantra of listen, learn, engage mm-hmm. um, at Marketo. We sat down with all these CMOs, and yeah, I've been on the road, and I've heard it repeated and repeated. And we took them through all of the amazing, you know, technology that we're working on around ABM and this new technology called Sales Engage, which, you know, aligns the sales and marketing organizations uh, or or aligns sales and marketing. And what was interesting was they they loved it. That's great. You know, directionally awesome. You know what we need Marketo to solve is we need Marketo to solve giving us a single view, a 360 degree view of an account. And, you know, I kind of paused for a minute because that's not exactly a new comment. No. I mean, it's, it's been around for a while. And as anticlimactic as it sounds, the reality is is that it reminded me that the blocking and tackling of, of, uh, of marketing and engaging and all of that still is not it, – it's not perfected. So there's thousands of companies, you know, every day there's some new MarTech thing that does something that sends an ad to a smartwatch, which nobody needs. But people in, in marketing, in MarTech, aren't solving the hard problems for the marketer. The marketer, in fact, by, you know, the, the, the market kind of MarTech landscape being flooded by a ridiculous amount of companies, it actually exacerbates the problem of the CMO losing value and meaning and understanding and engagement with their customers and clients, um, it gets lost in translation because MarTech stacks are not like two or three products. They're, right. they're literally like 30. And so we're coming in now as the engagement platform saying, hey, look, we think we can be that hub for this spoke of applications that you have, number one. And then number two, simplify the landscape of technology because we offer a pretty broad range of apps in and of ourselves. Yes. And, and that simplification, that centralization creates a platform for the marketer that I really think it, it, it has to exist. And, and we, are, we are that platform. And, and darn it, if we're not going to be, we will be. Um, so, that, you know, that's the vision. That's what we're working towards. Obviously, we have, uh, you know, a long road ahead of us, but we're committed to being the platform for the marketer. You know, also your growth, you got to give another kudos to the team, which is you can't grow like that and get your overall revenue to that without protecting um, your install base and making them want to stay customers and be loyalists. And one of the things that I always 
really notice about your conference and your what you guys call the marketing nation is that when you're there, the vibe, the energy is electrifying, right? You've got everything from 20-somethings that are straight out of college and are learning and using marketing technology for the very first time and just so proud of that badge of honor of being a Marketo certified um, administrator or certified in aspects of the tool. They're, they're so pumped up at the conference because they feel like, you know what, I'm in the geek side of marketing and I'm loving it and there's such a journey ahead. And you just touched on the next thing, which is it ain't enough to be a marketing automation certified expert. You've got to become a full stack marketer. And, you know, you guys have LaunchPoint, which is hundreds of uh, partners. And we have, we've, we're launching our own alliance program. Can't say too much because I'll steal away from the, uh, the big news. But no <laughs> surprise that... Both companies, as great partners, are very passionate about helping companies not just use a marketing automation system, but to become full-stack marketers and revenue-based marketers. And what's really different about your platform uh, is is all the innovation you guys are doing. You announced the Google partnership um, just this past year, and some of the things that you shared at Arcom that you have uh, plan just just uh, very very powerful, very innovative, and at scale. It's 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 cool. You know, there was I posted on LinkedIn. I think you saw. I'm sure your branding police, Sarah, and the team loved the fact that I mocked up a little thought bubble over your head that says, "Yes, please go ahead. What's your question?" <laughs> um, there were there were two people who posted some questions that we'll bring. One was from Lori. Lori Mappa said, hey, here's one. Um, Steve, what are your thoughts on AI for marketing? And so I think that's a great question. She wasn't at Arcom, but boy, she knows what you guys are up to. So what, what can you share back with Lori? So it's a great question uh, from Lori. First of all, I firmly believe this, that certainly within the next five years, probably within the next three years, we are going to see a sea change in the front office, specifically, I think, in marketing, driven by AI. And that is, uh, you know, the the applications are almost limitless, ranging from, uh, you know, AI-based lead scoring um, to driving deeper engagement and more high-value engagement with customers and prospects through email, social, web, etc., by even just personalizing content. What's fascinating, we're working with a company right now, a partner of ours, on AI-generated content. So wow. the, the, the the myriad applications, I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. Now, that being said, you have to get a little pragmatic with AI in that I believe the best application of AI right now is solving a very specific problem, not a general purpose, black box AI thing that has a fancy name and you're supposed to be able to answer the question and then it tells you the meaning of the universe. That's not, that is not it. And so a, we are not naming our AI technology. I completely reject that notion and trend that, that, that means nothing. Right. Just because you name something and I'm not, I'm not mocking companies, but just because you name it Watson or Einstein or intergalactica, it doesn't (laughs) matter. That doesn't make it, integrate with your, your, your technology or solve your business problem. And I still have yet to walk into a doctor's office and see Watson solving something for me or diagnosing uh, an illness. But um, if you take a look at what Marketo's approach is, we took the pragmatic approach of, look, when, when marketers send out emails today uh, or well, prior to our content AI introduction, they would have to decide what content goes in that email 
And what we did was we built an AI engine that is actually adaptive. So the more content you click on or consume, click, whatever, the more refined our affinity map between you or an unknown IP address and specific types of content becomes in our uh, customer and prospect data model. Right. And our AI engine dra draws on that. So as emails are sent in real time, the engine can, can place the content that is specific to a single human being. You could run a campaign that sends out 50 million emails and 50 million people are going to get 50 million pieces of customized content. Now we're expanding that to subject line, not just the content in the email. We've also expanded that, it's available now, to web personalization. Yeah. So you're able to literally build a snowflake model where no, no one website will ever look the same to two people. And that, that is huge. And, and that's just the beginning. We're making some investments right now. We're pursuing a, a machine learning project that we'll be announcing at Summit with, uh, with Google. So our partnership with Google goes way beyond Marketo running globally on Google Cloud Platform, which is huge in yeah. that um, we've, we've improved things like our, our reliability will be substantially uh, improved on, on GCP, our ability to provide elastic provisioning where literally in a matter of minutes we can provision uh, expanded environments for, for customers that need uh, short-term capacity expansion for big campaigns, whatever it may be. It's, it's amazing. But on the AI front, we're focused on a few things, and I won't say what those things are, but there's going to be a, um, a website that'll, that, that we'll be putting up soon with a few hints as to what that is. But I can tell you that what we're doing with Google on machine learning, which we will announce in April at Summit, you, you, anyone listening to this, you want to be there. It's a game changer. Nice. Now, that said... We're not going to come out with a magical name. It's going to be incredibly pragmatic and targeted to solving a very big and specific pain point for the marketer. And that's what people need to do today. But I would tell every marketer within earshot of this podcast, if you're not constantly educating yourself on AI and understanding things like what is the difference between an inferential AI uh, model for or engine for marketing and a deterministic AI model for marketing, if you... If, if you don't know those things, now is the time. And we're actually, last comment, going to be putting some education materials, almost like a, I don't want to overblow it, but kind of providing nano degree type education, you know, through our, some of our education partners, as well as in Marketo University that helps marketers understand the concepts of AI relative to marketing, what you need to be aware of, whether you're using Marketo or not, because we're just good like that. It's um, it's it's a big two-letter acronym. It is um, one that's come about in the last couple of years. We are seeing very practical applications of it in our day-to-day -day lives. One um, one example, and, and thanks for sharing all that stuff, Steve. I mean, of course, we don't want to spill all the beans because we want people to come to Summit and see the big news and actually see it in action, which is it takes you know from the 40,000 foot down to I get it. Um, when you can see it that way. We all got experience with it with Netflix, right? Um, when Netflix came out and they used, you know, machine learning and AI to make recommendations of what you want to watch. And you think about all those little data points. What actors do you like? What type of shows do you watch? When do you watch? How much do you watch? They can compile and pull all that different machine learning in and make recommendations so that the value of their product is this 
frictionless binging experience, right? Because you're seeing the content. Well, guess what? You probably know this um, or elements of it. Your client, Ring Central, mutual client that we have, um, we built their predictive analytics when it comes to revenue reporting with Eric Lewis and Eric Ziegler. And these guys have a level of precision that is unheard of by any marketing department I've ever seen. Why? Because they came from Netflix and they took, you know, the the algorithms and the concepts uh, from that, you know, learning that they had there and said, what if we could apply this to marketing? What if we could take all the data from the campaigns that run and the attribution that happens? And what if we could take this data in a way that we could get insights and say, if we put X amount of dollars into these programs now, what will that do for revenue down the road? And if you want to know if it's working, uh, take a look at their company's growth and valuation over the last couple of years that they've been doing this with you guys and with the marketing team there. They're some of the best and brightest. They hate to be on stage because yeah. they're shy people, but they're they're amazing in, in, in what they do there. And so I think as you guys continue to bring that down to mere mortals, you know, uh, people who don't have that 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 background uh, is going to be phenomenal. I was with Zenefits too earlier this week, another mutual customer, and uh, Doug Seacrest was talking about how they've integrated their Zenefits platform to Alexa, where you can sit there as an employee and say, "Alexa, put me out on PTO tomorrow," and it just adds it into the system. So we're seeing um, incredibly powerful AI tools make it into our day to day lives, and it's great that you guys are saying, "Let's let's empower marketers." to be better marketers and serve up the right content to the right people because we have now the data and the machine learning to, to do so. And a, and a great partner like Google to make the infrastructure possible. It'd be way too hard if any of, if all of us had to rebuild um, this. Their, their tool set and everything is what's empowering companies like you guys to get there fast and at scale. That's right. That's right. Couldn't agree more. And I think that um, if, if you're a marketer, back to your Netflix comments, and I'll wrap on this one, is if you think about it, you know, most of us, or at least many of us use Netflix or have used it. I don't get an email from Netflix every day. There are some times where I don't get an email for a week from Netflix. And the reason why is because they understand that delivering me high value recommendations on content I'd be interested in um, at the right time um, which clearly is, is completely uh, driven by a very powerful AI engine and a set of algorithms um, that they obsess over, um, that makes me value the communication I get from Netflix, not uh, uh, reject it or spite it. And why would a marketer, e even in a B2B context, not want to apply that approach? But, but instead, and, and we have got to change our behavior we, it, it's too easy to just abuse someone's inbox and just say, well, I'm just going to send them an email every day until they respond. And the reality is it's the worst thing you can do because the conclusion you're driving towards is, is opt out. Yep. Not good. You know, uh, Netflix is such an incredible story in terms of not where they are today, but where they came from, which was Reed Hastings walking into Blockbuster and having the worst yeah. horrific experience of returning a video and getting charged 40 bucks for Apollo 13 late fees. And he's like, you know, F this. I'm going to go start a company and never set foot in this place again. Um, very competitive right. spirit and built an incredible company. And, you know, coming back to Arcom, one of the things that was really interesting was you guys want to crush the competition. It isn't like you want to beat them. It isn't like you want to do a little bit better than them, but you want to take them out. And you were not shy 
shy. The whole team was not shy about really making that known uh, to your entire ecosystem there. And um, it comes from that passion of you guys really feeling like you have a superb platform and you want to uh, get more people on there and you want to make sure that people are, you know, taking advantage of these innovations that you guys are, are working on. One comment just real quick on that. It, it's real simple. We want to we want to we, we know more, care more and do more for our customers. And last year, you know, I mean, look, we, it, was a, it was a huge year being my first full year as CEO, as you said, of transition. And we had a few hiccups and, and I'm highly sensitive and, and passionate about uptime because, look, our customers rely on us for revenue flow. I take it, it is as serious as a heart attack to me. So when I say hiccups, I'm not being dismissive. But we, we had, you know, two, you know, notable outages, outages last year that, neither one of which were, you know, more than uh, one was a few hours, but it was still painful. And one was almost 24 hours. And that was very painful. And, and as painful as it was for, for us, it's profoundly more painful for our customers. And a lot of it has been the work that we've been doing to, to transform our infrastructure and roll out uh, Google Cloud Platform. And so, you know, from my standpoint, um, I am incredibly confident about the reliability, capability, um, and just the scalability of what we're going to be delivering experience-wise in, uh, in 2018. Yeah, well, you guys address that like champs. It's, it's always painful when there's an outage, um, especially when it's something that was, you know, definitely preventable, solvable. But your transparency and the way you guys handle it, I mean, we were there to support you and, and message our customers about what was being done, and lights were back on, and you know, uh, the domain was active again, and your your clients came to the rescue. It was very, it was, yeah. I I I didn't want to be Steve Lucas that week, and glad I wasn't. Um, but you guys handled it like <laughs> like champs. What what's next? I mean, you shared and painted the the road ahead. I know we've got an incredible summit uh, that's in the works plan. I love the theme, fearless marketer. Maybe we can share where that came from. But you know, anything else that you want to share about 2018? I'm sure everybody listening in would love to hear from the guy who's making it happen, setting the vision. Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, I love Fearless Marketer, and, and that actually came from our Fearless Marketer and marketing team, our, our great uh, and amazing CMO, uh, Sarah Kennedy, and her team. The reality is that, you know, we, we feel there's a deep and emotional connection that we feel to marketers. And when we, you asked the question earlier, you know, when we talk and we listen, what do we hear? You know, a lot of marketers, they're not saying they're, you know, terrified or scared or it has nothing to do with that. It's how do I, you know, just embrace the future, tackle the, the challenges and surmount the obstacles that are in front of my company and help drive digital transformation and grow this company and at the same time keep the level of meaningful, personalized engagement that I have with my customers. And there's so many dimensions that the CMO has to, to, to kind of just grok and it just really resonated with all of us. And we heard this over and over that, you know, from our own uh, customers that we need to look into the future um, and be fearless marketers. So I think it's a way to capture a feeling, a deep emotional connection that we all share, that we will uh, face this future as exciting and as daunting as it, it, it will be and is um, together. And we will be fearless. And if we lead as fearless marketers, other people will follow. And so this is about understanding technologies like AI and embracing them, not shying away from them because they're different um, or not something that we're used to. This is about embracing 
doing things differently and that perhaps clinging to um, number of impressions as my gold standard metric for effectiveness, <laughs> maybe there's something more profound yeah. out there. And, and it's about achieving loftier goals in new ways. And so, you know, in a literal sense, like I love, uh, you know, our marketing team, they just blow me away. Like they're literally brainstorming around, you know, should we have like rock climbing walls at summit and all kinds of crazy stuff. And, uh, I, and I love it. I love that passion. So it just, it comes, it, it's, um, it's this, you know, kind of from your gut and it just, you know, this, uh, effervesces up of, of emotion and passion. And I think people get really passionate about the topic of being fearless and, and, and leading, uh, as fearless marketers. So that's really where it came from. And, and at summit, I will tell you, we have, I mean, we're, we're going to, I mean, we have just, I, I can't announce them yet some absolutely like off-the-chain, um, world-class uh, uh, guests that, that people just will uh, learn a tremendous amount from that, that represent incredible personal brands, that represent uh, big uh, corporate brands as well. Uh, we have massive announcements coming, not just from Google, but a range of our technology partners. Um, and th the neat part for me, is the things that Marketo, you know, talked about, you know, we're delivering on the platform, we're going to deliver the next gen UX, we're going to deliver uh, this new sales engaged technology, you know, et cetera, et cetera, AI. We are, we are in full on innovation mode. Yeah. And I think coming to Summit, people are going to walk away saying, these guys have reclaimed their innovation birthright. Yeah, by the way, uh, last year you gave away puppies at Arcom. So whoever comes up with this stuff <laughs> to make it such an incredible experience. So this year at Summit, I have no doubt um, it'll have that kind of electric environment. You know, Sarah, you know, uh, I'm sure you heard this as well. When people saw Sarah Kennedy speak, their new CMO for the very first time, you know, let's face it, there there have been a, uh, a leadership, a marketing leadership team at your organization that people admire and respect. And they've gone on to start other companies or do other things and join other teams. And so Sarah getting on stage was that moment for everyone to go, okay, there's a new sheriff. Let's see. And she started off with her story about being a professional athlete and, um, you know, what it's like at game time. And, you know, brought us into her story of her career journey and where she is, and then really talked about the brand refresh and some of the things that were in store. And everyone was like, you know what? Kudos to her. She's got a passion. She understands modern marketing. She probably works in the, probably the toughest position of any company out there because if you guys are not the role model for how the modern CMO should be, you know, who is, right? So she's got, she's got some pretty high expectations. Loved her energy, loved her message, and Fearless is a good one because... Stephen, you picked this up. We, you know, my favorite text messages, by the way, are to you. I hope they are to you as well. Hey, we just closed this new client. Hey, we're working with this new client of yours. I love sending those um, to you. I want to take a moment to reflect on those. I love getting those. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep them coming. I got another one for you today. But, yeah. Yeah. Those are my favorite. So I'm glad you like those too. I, I try not to blow up your phone, but I'm like, he's never going to mind hearing some good news. Here's the thing. A lot of the people that have adopted marketing automation over the last, let's call it, 10 years are fearless marketers, are people that do not believe in the status quo of marketing and are ready to take the driving seat in marketing. They are wired that way, they're courageous, uh, and they are going to do it. 
There are other people out there, and we know this because Jeffrey Moore taught it to us, that are the laggards. They are not the early adopters. They are the people that are going to wait for the others to tell them that this is the right thing to do. They don't buy the first Alexas. They don't buy the first um, you know, LED screens. They don't buy the first of anything, and they haven't changed how marketing works within their organization because why should they this is the way we've been marketing for years this works look how big we are we're a giant so we don't need to do anything different wrong they need to do everything different because the world and as you said the landscape has changed and if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen a demo of marketo if you're not looking at what these tools are or you're thinking why do i need to change you've got to be more fearless and you've got to take more risk because you're going to get left behind. And the Sarah Kennedys of the world and the population of modern marketers that are coming out of school fearless because they want to try and embrace technology because that's all they know. They are bringing these tools and methods into their organizations. And so I'm, I'm glad to see because you know me. I ain't stopping until marketers get paid more than the chief revenue officer. Let's put Sarah and Eric up against each other, see who wins. Ten years from now, I hope it's, <laughs> I hope it's the Sarahs of the world because marketers in the driver's seat, and it's, uh, it's great. Anything, Absolutely. Couldn't agree we, more. Did we not cover something that uh, we should be for everyone? I know that that summits the big unveiling of all these innovations and what's happening. But um, anything else that that you want to hit on or, or say to our our listeners? Well, so to I think you know to be clear, we uh, have spent a, a tremendous amount of time, energy, money, effort. We added over 700 employees last year alone oh my God. Um, to prepare Marketo to deliver the, the world-class enterprise-grade experience ac- across all of our technology and products that our customers deserve. And so we are, you know, 2017 you know, obviously a year of transition in terms of bringing in a new leadership team. I think we have, I think we have the best leadership team um, and I'm very proud of them. So this isn't like saber rattling, but I think we have the best leadership team anywhere in, in MarTech as far as, uh, you know, big uh, technology uh, companies go, number one. And number two, they are passionate and obsessed about our customers and making them successful. And if, uh, you know, at any time, anyone, again, with an earshot of this, uh, feels like, uh, you know, they, they want to get to know us or they have uh, insight for us on how we can deliver a better experience. We are all ears. I can be emailed anytime. I have I, my radical transparency. Here's my email address. It's slucas at marketo.com. You can email me anytime. I read every email and I respond to every email. But, um, we are passionate. We've made the right investments. We're going to continue to make some very big investments, um, both organically and inorganically this year, um, that will continue to accelerate Marketo's uh, ability to serve our customer. And the and again, I'll end on this. The only way we can do that effectively is locking arms with our partners. And that's why I'm so grateful uh, for what you do and your team. And um, this is just a perfect example of, you know, Mar- Marketo is not a company. It's a network. It's an ecosystem. It's a platform. It's a, uh, a community of people uh, that are driving a, a passion uh, for putting the marketer on a pedestal and making her successful. And that's what we're all going to do. 
Thank you, Steve. I'm, I'm not going to say anything else because that, that is the end of this podcast. Uh, other than thank you, we love working with you. Like you, I feel I have the best team on the planet. Um, I'm 11 years into running Demand Gen, and I feel blessed every day that I have the team that I have to help our mutual clients be successful and to help them with all these marketing technology tools and, and keep marketing in the driver's seat. So thank you for that. Thank you, everybody, for listening in. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, I hope you are valuing the guests that I'm bringing on. I encourage you to do so. We're now on iHeartRadio. We're on Spotify. We've, of course, been on iTunes. We've been added to Google Play. And we're going to keep syndicating the program so that you can get this anywhere you are, anytime you want. We've got a great lineup of guests coming. I do apologize that I missed two weeks. But, Steve, I blame you. I was in Vegas with you. For a week, and I, you know what, I forgot to have one ready to go and uh, a guest canceled. But here we go. We're caught up. Thank you, my friend. Have a great weekend, uh, everybody. And Steve, all the best to you and the team. We'll see you uh, in a couple weeks. Thank you. Always a pleasure. All right. Take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing.